0: Welcome to the One Meal, One Workout Podcast, your new approach to food and fitness. Brought to you by Element Opie Productions, elementopie.com. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Butler, Don Sullivan, and Mark Cockwell.
1: Take three of One Meal, One Workout Podcast, episode 65. Why even try the RI? Exactly what that was. We have us. A... Sorry. I cracked because I love it. Uh, we have with us tonight Mark Cockrell, Don Sullivan, and our special guest. to whisper because we're in the same room, and Mark yells at me if I don't, because it picks up through her microphone. So Don, Mark, Janet, say hello to everyone. Hello, everyone. Hello to everyone. That was our best take on that, by the way. It was worth redoing it three times just to get that down better. So, uh, it, you know, for those listening live, Ie David, I think he's the only one out there tonight. Um, it's. I won't oh, believe weird. you telling the same story twice, but just smallly. Just wanted to admit, careful, Don. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I said careful. <laughs> Lost an eardrum on that one. Um, oh. I thought I muted myself. You're not I muted. Up. In fact, I think, I think you're not muted in the Hangout either, Don.
2: Ah, that would be why, because we had to <laughs> kick out the Hangout and then went back in. <laughs> I into love the technology.
1: Um, so, anyway, uh, I, I for those that are interested, I think you most, most of you know I went to the podiatrist a while back, had a bone, found I had a, uh, a heel spur, a bone spur on my heel. Went for my first run Monday night, 0.7 miles. It pretty sore the whole time, but it actually didn't hurt any worse when I was done. I was able to run fine other than the fact that I'm extremely out of shape because I haven't run in two months. So there's the update. And Dom was giving us this really cool update about riding on the handlebars of his wife's bike while balancing his baby or something like that. That was all I got because the connection was so bad. Can you tell us <clears> that one <throat> more time, Don? In the, well, the
2: easiest thing would be to just back all of that out and start over. <laughs> yeah.
1: no, that, do.
2: So Aaron asked me how biking was going because I'd started back biking, and I'm doing air quotes to, for everyone other than David, and asked me w- what that meant. And I told him basically that I'd put air in the tires because it had been so long that they had gone flat. Uh, other than that, my wife decided that she wanted to go... She and I and the baby go bike riding, and we've got one of those nifty new 20 grown person and the handlebars type of seats. But she's got a bike, she's got a beach cruiser with these low, slung handlebars, so it doesn't work really well, but it works. And uh, we got out there, and I did like two and a half miles, and I was having fun. I was excited, and I decided I was almost ready to uh, start riding to work again almost meaning that my wife is off of work this week. It's her fall break. She's a teacher, and um, it's not a good time to get up early.
1: So oh, is this a seat that clamps on the handlebars? Is that what it is?
2: Uh, it actually clamps to the, what would you call it, the stem, the part where the handlebars meet together, and then the rod that goes down to the, to the actual wheel itself.
0: Easy, uh, easy Don. We'll lay off the technical jargon.
2: That, that thing, the thing that connects the things with the thing. Does that work better? Right.
1: For you? I got gotcha. you. Mm-hmm. Well, that's cool. You know, that's it's it's exciting. I, for me, it was exciting when we started going out and being active as a family. You know, when me me and Cheryl and Nathaniel started going hiking together, I was like, that that's cool. And that's one of the reasons that I was excited that Nathaniel wanted to do Cub Scouts because it's got camping and outdoor activities that we can do as a family. And I'm I'm excited about that. Um, so anyway, Mark, anything exciting going on in your life? What's what's going on?
0: I uh, you know I, I have nothing going on, just the regular life of a father of three children. Very boring and and uh, you know nothing really exciting.
1: Birthday party? You had a birthday party this uh, last week? I, I
0: did have a birthday party, and, and uh, there were people there.
1: You were one of them. I was. I was one of them. And Mark made bratwursts that were not the worst brats I've ever had. They were some of the best brats I've ever had, actually. Very badly misnamed. But anyway. <laughs> Enough of that. I think
0: verst actually means sausage, I think.
1: I wouldn't doubt it. So, what does brat mean? Um, Bratty. I don't know. Bratty sausages. (laughs) Sausages that need to be put in the corner. So, I I told this story earlier, but it warrants telling. Jana is a friend that we met tonight in person for the first time. Because we met through the wonderful free app called RunKeeper that you can get for your Android or iPhone product. And so there's a little thing called Street Team. So when I got on there the first time I started running and stuff, I clicked on everybody that was in my neighborhood and said, Street Team, Street Team, Street Team, go on the Street Team. Encourage me to run. I need to run. And uh, two or three or four of them responded. Jana was one of them. And I, it's been a couple, probably a year now. I don't even remember what sparked the actual conversation between us. So we tried to meet each other at a couple of races, and then I couldn't go to this one, and she didn't go to that one, and then she I can't do this one, Erin, because I'm doing a triathlon the day before, and I'm like, come on, Jana, you can do it. And she's like, you're crazy. And and so anyway, I said, decided the easiest way to actually meet her first in in person, face to face, was just to invite her to my house to record a podcast. And so she hopped on her motorcycle and drove over here, and there she is, sitting right across. From there you can't, you can't tell them it's in the same frame. Um, she's actually right there. It, it doesn't look like it looks. Like we're in two different rooms that both happen to have comic books on the wall, but it's actually the same room, two different sides. So, Jana, welcome to my house and my podcast.
3: Well, thank you for having me.
1: And I asked her to come and talk about something specifically that I would like to do one day because she she has done and we'll talk about how many and what have you several triathlons. And uh, every time I see her that she's I'm doing a triathlon or I'm getting ready for the triathlon, I'm like, Oh, I want to do a triathlon. <laughs> <laughs> jealous. I want to get up there and run one of those things. So, and ride one of those things and swim one of those things. So, um, Janet, before we get into the whole triathlon thing, tell us a little bit about, in case they haven't heard the first three attempts to take of the podcast and our conversations back and forth on the live stream and all that. Tell us a little about who is Janet Kamiski beyond triathlons.
3: Well, I am 30 years old. i not that it really matters. You can do this stuff at any age. Uh, but, I am a music director, at, or specifically an orchestra director, at a high school in Cobb County called Osborne High School. And I've only been there. This is my third year there. Uh, I, used, I did law enforcement for a year, uh, about a year and a half. Then I went freelancing for a while. I was a freelance musician before I was in the police department. Um, and so I've, just, I've had a, an eclectic work experience and stuff and life experience. On top of it all and stuff, I, I love motorcycles. I ride motocross uh, with my boyfriend as often as we can get to the track and stuff like that. And uh, I mean, I love dogs, love motorsports, you know, NFL, college football—it's all good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's, cool. That's cool. Well, um, you don't have to have a helmet. Another helmet, do you? That has a mohawk on it. Do you? No, I'm not I'm, a big I've, fan of those. Little mohawks. I've seen somebody. Uh, I live. We Jana and I don't live real close to each other, but I've seen a girl. There's not too many girls riding around no. on motorcycles, but it has one of the Mohawk helmets. Not I, I wonder if that's Jana. You know, whenever and then when I saw you brought in your helmet, it didn't have a Mohawk on it. No. So I assume that wasn't. <laughs> um, so, how did you go from cellist? Is cellist, cellist right? Not celloist. Cellist. You're a bassist. Yeah, I right, no, That's awesome. From bassist, uh, motorcycle rider, law enforcement person. How did you, what What gave you you the bug to do that first triathlon? Triathlon, (laughs) sorry. Well,
3: I guess it was at the beginning of 2011. I was uh, kind of feeling sorry for myself. (laughs) and (laughs) Like, I I wish I ran more, but my problem is is that I'm not motivated to run just for the sake of running or running to stay fit. Because I've always been tiny, so I don't have to necessarily lose weight. I just want to stay my size. And that's not enough motivation for me. I have to have a specific goal and a specific goal Specific just the way I work. I always have been having to work since I was a little kid. So I was looking for a bunch of 5Ks. I was like, I had a colleague of mine who's a band director at another school who, was do, who made a New Year's resolution to do a 5K every month. And I was like, that sounds like a good idea. I should probably join her on that. So I was going to try and join her as many as I could. And I was searching for a bunch of 5Ks and, Uh, I was looking for one, like, in April or May, and then all of a sudden, and I was on active.com, and I just typed in 5K, you know, within, like, 50 miles of Atlanta, and all of a sudden, uh, this event popped up, and it just, and all it said in bold was just 5K at the end, I clicked on it, and it happened to be the Iron Girl, which is a bit, which is a major series of triathlons that go around the United States, Um, and it said that it was, you know, a swim bike, and it did a 5K run at the end, and I went, I can do that. This is impossible, but I'd be nuts to try, you know. And so I, I talked it over with my boyfriend just on a spur, and I was like, you know what, let's, let's try one of them. But I didn't sign up for it, but I, I was like, well, let's see what happens in the next month, and I'll try. I'll sign up for it. And then, uh, well, it turns out that the event got full, like, within that month. So it was full by February, and the event was in May, so I had to look for something else. And I ended up doing some um, – I ended up choosing another race. That was on the same day, um, and stuff. But it just after that first one, I was like, "Huh, let's do another, just to right. see." I I I did three that year, and, um, and it just kind of like while I'm in the event, I'm like dying and I'm miserable and everything. And as soon as I'm done, I'm like, "That was fun. Uh-huh. Let's do another," <laughs> for whatever pathetic reason. But right. I've just really enjoyed doing them, and I, uh, I. It's just been a really good journey and, and good soul searching. It's funny that
1: you say that because every single race I've ever done, at some point in it I say why in the world do I do this to myself? No yeah. matter the length, and then by the time I'm done, I'm like, yes, you know, yeah, exactly yeah. like you're talking about. That's funny. Well, if you're out there listening, and when you hear triathlon, all you think, all, you know, most people hear triathlon, they think Ironman triathlon in yeah. Hawaii, bike 112 miles, crazy runner.
2: person. <laughs>
3: Very crazy.
1: Bike 112 miles, run 26.2 miles, swim 5 miles in the the chop of the ocean. But there are all different flavors of triathlons. And the one that's gotten really, really popular, at least in the last, seems like in the last 4 or 5 years, is what they call a sprint triathlon. Some people call them a mini triathlon, but sprint's usually what you hear. Sprint. And that's typically about, and Jana, correct me if I'm wrong, you'll usually start with a swim of like three to 500 yards, give or take.
3: Yeah, about anywhere between Three to they say 700 is 700 meters. They usually go by meters. Uh-huh. Um, so about 700 meters is the top. for a sprint, yeah, for a sprint. And then you're starting to get into the international distance after that. So, but usually most of them are about 400 yards, but occasionally you see some at about 600.
1: So, four to 600, let's just say, generally. And then it has, <clears throat> excuse me, a bike ride that's usually what like 12 to 15 to 18 miles, give or take,
3: anywhere between 12 to 18. Yeah.
1: Okay. And then most of them finish up with a 5K, yeah. from what I've seen. And so for for a lot of people, if you already are running 5Ks, at least from what I've seen, I've had a few friends that've done them. That's if you can swim, <laughs> that's the big thing. If you can swim. <laughs> uh, most people can can uh, can do one of these without. You know, it doesn't take four years of training or anything like. That. We're not training for the Iron Man. It is something you can do. So I'm saying all that to say, if you're listening to this podcast and you're the person that's just started running or you've just started trying to get fit. Don't think. Well, this is this this episode is not for me because no. I can't do this. This is this is crazy. Oh you. my goodness! Um, this no. is something that is attainable for most people if you're willing yes. to put a little bit of time and, and effort into it. So, so tell you said you did three the first year. Yeah. And so were all those in, in that range? Is that what you have well, th- done most of the time?
3: Two of them were official sprint distances. Um, one was like 350 yard or 350 meters, and then like 12 mile bike and a 5K run, and the other one was 400 meters with a 13 mile bike and a 5k run. But the first one I actually did, and it's become my favorite event of the year. I like love this event. I want to, you know, I've, I've kind of deemed that I have to go back every year. It's what they call a super sprint, which is even shorter. Oh, okay. And um, you think
1: super would be bigger, but <laughs>
3: I know. Right. Uh, and it's a 350 meter swim with an eight mile bike. And a two mile run. Wow. And, and the one I do is in Peachtree City. It's called mm-hmm. the Peachtree City Super Sprint Triathlon. Is
1: this a guy and girl? Is this a is this a because the original one was a, was the Iron Woman or you said it was the Iron Girl? Yeah, Iron Girl. So this was this. You no, know, I guess my question is, can I come do this one? Yeah, is it open to men and women. This
3: one's open to men and women, and it actually this event is kind of unique in that you have the Super Sprint that's going on. There's about 400 racers for that event. And then there's a second triathlon going on simultaneously of a different distance called the Olympic distance or the international distance. They're kind of synonyms. Um, that happens at the same time. It's called the Petri International Triathlon. And so you get to kind. Of, they go first, and then so the course is kind of overlapped. So you kind of get to race with these other people and That's stuff. Cool. Um, for the super sprint, the the overall finishers finish in probably about forty five minutes,
1: five wow.
3: to forty eight minutes. Um, my first year I did it. I just wanted to finish. That's a good goal. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to survive and finish. That was, I, and I would have been happy. And I was, you know, I was miserable, but, but I was, I, I was at least I've, I got it over with, you know, um, but I finished the first year in our hour. Eight. But uh, I recommend using the sprint distances first for anybody that wants to try one. And you will find every type of person at these events from people who are extraordinarily overweight to people who are, you know, cancer survivors, to people who are, are not athletic, like myself, I am actually not athletic, <laughs> i naturally, um, to people who are stars right. or, right. or cross country, or cycling, you know, college days, or things in and the nice thing about the triathlon is that the older you get and the more years you put under your belt in the triathlon field, the better. The better you get at it, and the better. It. So it's not a right. sport that's geared for the youngsters. It's actually a sport that's better for thirty and forty-year-olds.
1: Because so the bike, the biking and the swimming is easier on your um, joints and things, right? Yeah. Yes, it very much is. So you, you did the you did the three the first year. Have you done additional ones since that?
3: This what? year I did three more. I did the same super sprint because I like. Like I said, that's I just everyone, loved it right. so, so much. What,
1: now what <laughs> month is that one in?
3: May. Okay, so that's, it's not
1: too cold then when you swim then?
3: No, I use a wetsuit okay. for that one. It, it's chilly enough where right. you yeah, i not sure. want yeah. one. <laughs> Especially then, if you're
1: uh, slender and smaller and you have like, you know, less core body temperature, yeah. I, I wouldn't be too worried about it myself. <laughs> yeah, I have
3: nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but then I did, so I did the super sprint and then there was an event that I did the first year that I liked a lot, so I did it again. It was a women's triathlon that was held in Ackworth. Uh-huh. Um, that was a sprint and then I did a new one um, that's called. That's part of the Try the Park series. They have six of them that are all over Georgia and stuff, in middle Georgia and, and stuff, uh, different state parks. And I did the one that was at John Tanner Park in Carrollton, oh, Georgia. Cool. And that one was really well done. That was the longest swim I've had to do,
1: though. I mean, it was at, what, a 600? 600
3: 600. Yeah, 600 yards. I was kind of worried.
1: 600 yards doesn't sound long when you're walking it. <laughs> and 600 yards it's is a long time. shy of a
3: half a mile.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> we were, we we've talked about it on the show before. You know we have a community pool here, and yeah. it's a 25 meter pool. So down and back 50. So down and back twice is 100. If I'm going to go 600 meters, that means I got to go down and back twice, six times. I going to go down and back. Um, what was that 12, 12 times? 24 laps. Times. Yeah, 24 lengths of the pool. And after about three, I'm like, Woo, yeah. I'm dying. <laughs> you know? It's hard and,
3: and on top. Top of that too, especially in the you can't. I mean, you're wearing goggles, right? Which is all fine and dandy, but it's just round abyss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and splashing people's
1: feet all around. Yeah, him and him. then you got
3: the splashing. You get kicked in the face, and you get kicked in the head, and you get kicked on the back, and then you're grabbing somebody's leg or grabbing somebody's booty, you know, <laughs> or you're swimming across somebody, you know, and everything. You, you right. have no sense of direction. It's it's
1: pretty. Yeah, I've heard that the there. that the swim the first time. You- You do it and you jump in the water with all these people can be kind of disconcerting, I guess. Yeah, they
3: have. I will say um, my boyfriend said he did triathlons back in the 90s. Mm -hmm. And technology has really moved in the sports favor, chip timing. You end up getting this little anklet that they strap around your left ankle because they don't want it getting caught in in the chain. It shouldn't, but you never know. and it has a little timing chip on it and they have all of these transponder pads that you just run across so it's eliminated the need for a mass start which is what was so freaky you know 10 12 you know 15 years ago um and even all the way to the beginning of the triathlon sport and it was it was pretty gnarly the mass starts like i see pictures and videos of it and i'm like no thanks, but I mean, like the Peachtree Super Sprint, it was they enter you in two by two every five seconds.
1: Oh, okay, that's so two nice. Two people then.
3: go in every five seconds. Um, the others are usually as a wave of about anywhere between fifteen to thirty other people. Right. Which is really, when you think about mm-hmm. it, you still you're you're still in a in a cluster, but there's yeah. not two hundred or four hundred people trying fighting to- for the front of the right. pack, right? Exactly, yeah. or trying to fight yeah. for the end or whatever. So
1: it's pretty it's cool. Do you have a question, Don, or were you just commenting? on that that would be crazy i was just saying
2: yes yeah anything i don't i didn't even like whenever we did the race that you and i did in waycross and there was 35 people or so and i was just like i'll just be toward the back and not get run over (laughs) and and whenever you talk about things like the um the gobble jog and it's like there are ten thousand people there no thank you Whenever we or, decided or, we were going to move away from Atlanta, one of the major reasons was that we would go to the grocery store and there would be people in front of me and behind me and beside me. And I couldn't just go ahead and walk if I needed, if I felt like I needed to get away from them, I couldn't. And it kind of freaked me <laughs> out. And I can't even imagine 10,000 people all going that way.
1: Yeah. yeah the actual, the, the start of the gobble jog was actually worse than the Peachtree, uh, Peachtree road race. Now there's 65,000 people at the Peachtree road race, God. but they, they start you off in waves of like 600 or 800 the Gobble no, Dog, which was the first 5K I ever did, was uh, – and there's a picture of me right before the start of the race. There was 5,000 people that did the 5K, at, and it all started at once. So it was – I was probably 100 yards. And it was just, just a sea, a sea of, people of people to me and behind me, and they said, go, and we stood there. You know, because we are waiting for the people in front to move. And and for the first probably three quarters of a mile, it was elbow to elbow. Yeah. You know? it, was not, it was not a
3: – Been in those kind of races. Yeah, I think I would scary. just bring so, a
0: lawn chair <clears> – <throat> And sit down and wait forty five minutes, and then run my five k. I,
1: I have since, because of the chip timing, like Jana's talking about. I'll just hang out at the back and let the crowd take off and and spread out, and then I'll pass the people who are walking. And as I go on, and uh, yeah, it's it's funny. it's funny because um the last race I helped with, I help I volunteer with uh, a certain with a certain race series to help them out. We literally the race had already started, had been gone about five minutes, and this guy comes running up. How, how late how late I lay down. I said, uh, started about five minutes ago. So he takes off and he goes and crosses the chip thing. Starts on his own and goes okay. up, and There's was nobody to follow, follow at that point, you know, because yeah. the crowd's gone. He's like, which, which way? way? He's pointing. I'm like, that way. Follow the cones. Follow the cones. And, uh, and he <laughs> made it. it was, follow the cones. That's all you can do. <laughs> so uh, I know you. You're not. You don't like to run just for the sake of running. You're not a, somebody that just gets up and goes runs every day because you love it. So when you're getting ready. Uh I don't I don't we I don't expect you to bring out your logbook and tell us, you know, I ran four miles on Tuesday and three miles on Wednesday. But <laughs> like, how do you do that was one of the questions I had when I started playing around with the idea before I got hurt about doing a triathlon? I was like, Well, how do I, do I need to swim two days a week? Do I need to run four days a week? Do I bike, run, swim? Do I run and bike on the same day? How, kind of what did you do? What did you do, do? What did you do? <laughs> I suddenly became Max Everyday. Give an idea of what what you're going to do for just to train for something like this.
3: Uh, uh, well, I didn't really know where to start. I just knew how to run, and I knew I had a basic idea of how to get better at running as far as getting faster. Specifically, that going further and faster every single time is definitely not the way to go. I already knew that, <laughs> yeah. you know. But I had no idea how to even tackle the, the whole thing. So, I um, my boyfriend and I went to Barnes & Noble. And we just sat down in the sports section, you know, where the books were, and we just started going perusing through a bunch of books. And there's two that I ended up choosing to kind of guide me in my beginning quest, I guess right. you could say. One of them was a book called Your First Triathlon.
1: There it is, right um,
3: there. Who is it by Joe Freal? I think his name is. It's actually really good for people who have no athletic experience whatsoever or any kind of running experience. Um, it, has everything from training to preparing for the race to uh, describing maybe what your lifestyle might have to change to, to how to develop a support system to uh, what to do during the bikes and everything, what to expect during right. the biking part and what the swimming and the running and and it has and it has optional training plans within it and it goes into a lot of depth. Uh, it's really it's almost like triathlons for dummies. Right. I mean it, it's. <laughs> Really, it's a very basic thing. And it basically sets you up for a 12-week plan to go up for your first try. I didn't really like the training plan in it, but the information was really good. Um, I felt that the training plan was too easygoing for my fitness level. I felt like I wasn't getting a workout, so to speak. So I wasn't getting much out of it. But when I was in the police department, I had a friend who did triathlons, and he recommended this book. And this is like the best book. Well, that has
1: the guys with the swim caps on the cover, so it's got to be serious.
3: Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, triathlon training uh, by Michael Finch. It has it's wonderful. It goes over the history of the of the triathlon. It has great pictures. I like pictures. Important. It has great, um, <laughs> <laughs> like um, it has great uh, information on how to pick um, equipment and all sort of stuff, and it gives really good specific training plans also. For people who are flat out beginners, to people who are a little bit more experienced, right. to people who are more tailored. Yeah, it has lots and lots of different plans, as well as not just for sprints, but as well for the Olympic distances, uh, for half irons, and for Ironmans. And we just lost Mark. But um,
1: <laughs> Mark, are you still there? I'm here. Okay. Okay. He was watching the hangout. And um, he was just checking to see if we were paying attention. <laughs>
3: But it has uh, all sorts of plans, all the way up from Sprint to, to Iron Man.
1: Well, what we'll do when we get done with the show, we'll I'll look those books up and we'll put a link to Amazon mm-hmm. through elementopi.com slash Amazon yes. uh, on uh, on the show notes there. So if you want to grab those, either one of those books that Jan is talking about, because they they both look pretty cool, especially the one with all the pictures.
3: Yeah, um, it's that'd be it's a great good. resource, I think. Yeah, it's a fantastic resource. And so I ended up not specifically going with one plan or the other, but I used it as a guide to kind of figure out what kind of training I need. Right. And I figured out that ideally you want to train twice on each discipline each
1: week. Okay. That makes so sense. So you
3: want to swim twice a week, you want to bike twice a week, and you want to run twice a week. Now, you can do more than that as far as uh, – because they do – you. what I highly recommend is, is as soon as possible being able to do what they call brick sessions, uh, where you do either a bike and a run back-to-back, Right. Or you do a swim and a run back to back or a swim and a bike back to back or a swim and a, or, you know.
1: Any permutation you, you can do. Basically, <laughs> yeah. any permutation, so to
3: speak. You typically don't want to do like a run and then go for a swim, though, because the swimming is, it takes a lot out of you. And plus, that, that could be a little dangerous. Yeah. If you're too tired. Right. <laughs> to and and you swim first
1: <laughs> every time in the tri- in yeah, every triathlon. So, exactly you want to, you want to have that experience of what does it feel like to run after I just got it's out of the totally pool, different. not the other way around.
3: Yeah. And I, before you do your first triathlon, I always recommend doing a lot, quite as often as you can do a bike than a run, even if it's a 20 minute bike ride uh-huh. and a 20 minute run just to get over those jelly legs.
1: Yeah. It's funny. Cause I, I've, I've done it a few times, you know, just playing around with it and riding my bike for 30, 45 minutes. You know, like a normal bike ride. Mm-hmm. Then I would say, I'm going to go run a mile and I, it, I, it, it's it, awful. I, I equate it to kind of like um when you get out of the bounce house or off a trampoline. Yes. You know how you, you bounce and you feel all athletic and you get off the trampoline and it's like you're suddenly stuck to the ground and your legs are all it yeah. it's like you can't run all of a sudden. They don't want to work. And I guess it's just the
3: Your quads are trash. Yeah. They they you're cause you use your quads when you bike and you use mostly your hamstrings when you're when you're running, although um it's always fun when you do a race and you get off the bike and you start the run part and it just starts with a downhill. Which means you got to use your quads,
1: right? <laughs> Trying to break, and going down the hill, and you're just so you're at like a full tilt,
3: and everything It's really funny. That's watching nice. everybody get over their legs—that's
1: hilarious. <laughs> now, do you, when, once you start the run, do your legs kind of recover because of the different motion? I mean, do you? Because I only did a mile, so I couldn't really tell you. You know, yeah. by the time I was did a mile, I felt okay, but right. Do you, or do, by the end of it, are you like, okay, now I've now I've trashed my hamstrings and my quads.
3: When you're done with the race, you're trashed everything, but, um, it, it, your leg strength will determine how quickly you get over the jelly legs. I guess
1: so. Yeah. Um, it really
3: does depend more on leg strength. You can, and this is where, if you are a runner specifically first before you, in going into the triathlon, this is where it's really hard. I discovered the hard way in reading a lot of blogs and journals and magazines and stuff like that. And that. If you're a runner, it's really hard to get into the triathlon thing because you think that you're going to be doing, you're going to do awesome on the run and you'll get like 12 (laughs) minutes a mile on the run. And you're used to getting eight minutes a mile on the run. You're going to be like, what happened to
1: me? (laughs) I left (laughs) my quads on the, on the bike is what I did.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you just don't you, 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 there is no way to describe it other than just doing it. Yeah. Um, but if. The the trick for me, I have found is one. I've, I if I have strong legs, if I build muscle in my legs as far as doing hill r- hill workouts and intervals or weight training or whatever, um, that combined with as soon as I get on the uh, on on my legs running, I do fast, quick, short strides. Because if you try to do your normal stride, you're going to huh. find yourself doing a power walk <laughs> instead. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but if you do quick short strides it ends up working out really well um, because then it, it forces the lactic acid in, in your legs to just flush out and, and, and then it, your your adrenaline takes over and it's your natural painkiller and you're able to go.
1: So um, I've I heard, I had somebody tell me one time and I have no idea if this person even knew what they were talking about or not, that it's important when you're doing the swim to really focus on using your arms and not, mm-hmm. not use only legs, you know, because of the fact that you're going to use your legs again, but you're pretty much, I guess what they're saying is you should try to take advantage of your arms in the swim because you can benefit from them greatly. But, you know, you do run. You do use your arms when you run. Some
3: yes. If so you, you have weak upper body strength, your run is going to suffer.
1: Yeah. So did you – I guess this actually leads to my next question, which probably would answer my next question would answer this question. Do you – I have in the notes here, do you recommend a swim coach? I mean, I remember I – don't you have a swim coach or haven't you used a swim coach?
3: I've used a swim coach and I still um, – I email with him often. Um, I don't, I haven't had another private lesson since those first six, but, um, I plan on doing some this winter and stuff. Did you uh, find it beneficial? Yeah. My first year in the triathlons, I swim suck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was doing 350 meters should take a person who's in decent shape who can swim should take you less than nine minutes. And it took me almost 10 All right. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was pretty gnarly. And I mean, it was, I mean, you're huffing and you're puffing and your, your heart is racing and you can't just sit there and, and pant like you can, when you're running, you can breathe with whatever, whatever right. you can adjust your you breathing, You can stop rate.
1: and walk if you need to. Yeah,
3: exactly. <laughs> when you're in the water, you, you're going to swallow water if you try to, you know, breathe too quickly and stuff like that. So, uh, I just, I, I did, I knew I was doing something wrong as a music teacher. Technique is everything, right? I mean, that's just the way it is, especially in string playing technique is everything to be efficient. And I knew that my swim technique sucked really bad. And so I said, well, you know, I mean, I should probably do something about my swim, everything, because it was making the whole race miserable. That was the only thing I really dreaded. I dreaded going to the pool. I dreaded going to the race just because of the swim. But I liked the whole event as a whole, but it was ruining the fun. Slowly, yeah. Well, you're probably
1: exhausted from the swim because the, if your technique's bad, you're working so hard yeah. and all that kind of stuff. I was
3: working really hard, and when I that first, so basically to find my swim coach, I went into hold up Google and I typed in <laughs> triathlon swim coach Atlanta, and enter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Google knows everything. That's the-
3: right. So I did that, and it came up with a whole. You know, you get all sorts of nonsense when you do something like that. And I found a couple of triathlon specific sites. So I figured that that was probably a better bet than, you know, some like. Just some, some guy random, down at
1: the Y, right?
3: Yeah, exactly. Hmm. And one was tryfind.com that had a series of, uh, of hits. And so I was looking on there and I emailed a few and I specifically told them, I said, look, I am not athletic. <laughs> I know I'm doing something wrong. I just want to get better. I'm not trying to win races. I just right. want to get better and enjoy myself more and save energy. And a couple of them, they just said, you know, it was, their responses were not either very professional or they just, one of them was a chick who said, oh, after two or three lessons, I'll have you swimming like a fish in no time. I was like, that is not, I can swim.
1: (laughs) He said, first of all, you're way too perky. Second of all, (laughs) I
3: was like, this is not going to work. And I've found that I typically work better with male coaches and male athletes than I do with female athletes anyway. So, and then finally I got one back. Um, from the coach that I use uh, and he was very specific in answering my questions and giving me feedback based on that primary email. And right. I sent the same email to every coach. Yeah, And I, I was just like, That's a good idea. I liked his response. It was very specific and he, and he was very clear. And so I said, all right, let's try this guy. And he happened and he happened to be really local okay. for me, which was really nice. Um, and I, met him at the at, at the local uh LA at fitness the candy
0: store he turned around and smiled at <laughs> I me i met
3: him at the candy <laughs> store I, felt, I met him at the LA fitness and and after one session i i i noticed an immediate difference
1: now can i ask if you don't mind i'm mm-hmm. sure it's probably not a secret because if i emailed him he'd tell me the same thing what what does swim lessons for somebody like that cost
3: uh for him i have no clue what the going rate is around
1: well, it could be anybody. anybody yeah. could be, people could be listening to all over the United States, in the world, and other yeah, places. Exactly. So, I have but no for clue. in Marietta, Georgia, um,
3: this guy he charges. Uh, he has two sets of rates. You can either get single lessons for an hour at a hundred bucks an hour, right? Or you can get you can prepay for six lessons for four hundred and ninety five dollars.
1: Okay, so it's basically a, one free five five get one free, right? Yeah, basically. it's like Dr Pepper.
3: Right. Yeah, about <laughs> twelve
1: packs get one free. Well, I mean that's, that to me that if it's if the guy knows what he's doing,
3: and six, you really do need six to break habits and develop ones and develop a routine. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like- If he knows what he's doing is the key
2: thing because I only charge ten dollars an hour. <laughs> Results not guaranteed.
3: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> of course,
1: you need seven hundred lessons with Don to make. <laughs>
2: that's right. I'm really making people pay to hang out in the pool with me. Is what's going on, Marco no
0: Polo, exactly. Polo.
1: That's funny.
2: You'll get really good at doing flips in the shallow end. I can guarantee that part. That's about it.
1: You do motorboat (laughs) too? Anyway, moving on on with the the show. Let's keep going. Well, you know, I actually had talked to a lady at the uh, West Marietta, West Cobb Aquatic Center Mm -hmm. because my son took lessons there. And there was a lady there. That's
3: where I used to swim at. Yeah. And
1: I asked, you know, I asked his coach, is there anybody here who trains people who swim for like triathlons and like that? And they said, Susie Q, whatever her name was. It was an older lady, and so I talked to her, and she's like, yeah, I've done that. I've trained f- quite a few people who are you know, training for triathlons, and and uh, and here's a form if you're interested, and you can fill it out, and blah, blah, blah. So I filled the form out and sent it to her and never heard back from her. And so that... Not worth that, your time. Yeah, if she's, she's not even going to respond to the request that she had me make, I'm not, you know...
3: And you it, spoke to her in person. Yeah. I mean, it should have been almost like a done deal right there. As, as
1: we say at work, YDTM, you're dead to me. Yeah. <laughs> Just walk away. I'm over and I haven't pursued it again. Cause it was shortly after that, that I got hurt. And so then I was like, well, I just need to get better, you know, where I can run, not worry about the triathlon stuff again. So now I'm starting to get the, uh,
3: well, here's the, the beauty bug. of the triathlon is that even when you're injured, especially when you have a running specific injury, yeah. you can, you don't, you just lay off the running, but you're cycling and swimming on the side. It's the perfect cross training. They all complement one another. Right. Um, and so like, let's say you have the bone, you know, the, the bone spur on your, on your heel swimming, shouldn't ball, well, I should say though,
1: people. this is a previous injury, another injury yeah. before this injury. This <laughs> was an awful. IT band injury, so I couldn't oh, ride yeah, or yeah, run.
3: That, that would be a problem. <laughs>
1: yeah, but yeah, and I got was...
3: shin splints last spring for the first time ever. That was awful, and, oh, <laughs> and I got fun. that during a duathlon. It was a sw- it was a run bike run, mm-hmm. and I got shin splints so bad before you know right before the last run segment, and um, the pool was the only place that I was finding that I had no pain. Right. It is because it's a weightless environment. It take it decompresses mm-hmm. joints and it massages the legs, you know, and stuff like
1: that. So That's awesome. It's
3: really nice. Well,
1: so you know, I, I would think that most people—I say most—a lot of people who are going to attempt to try are probably already bikers or runners.
3: Most seems, of them, it yeah. seems like
1: recreationally, as far as uh, I know, lots of people who run. I know quite a few people who bike. I only know one guy that swims for exercise. You know, yeah, regularly. So I would think, you know, this is my recommendation for what it's worth. I, I think that if you're uh, do this and if you're not already, you know, you hadn't taken you weren't a swimmer in high school or something like that. A swim coach would be a great idea because
3: you got to learn the technique. Yeah,
1: looking at it for me, that's it. the daunting kind of thing too. Yeah, you know, 350 yards isn't that far when you're walking it, like I said. But when you're swimming it and you're trying oh. to do it as quick as you can, uh, and you're like you said, you're gasping for breath and you take a mouthful of water, you know, and then you're oh, oh, oh. and then you get
3: kicked and everything. The worst of it is, is um, you don't realize how long that distance is until you get to the race location and you see the see buoy
1: way out there
3: and there's that buoy way over there yeah. and you got to go all the way out to it to another buoy out yonder and then out to another buoy kind of over here and then back you know and it's just i mean you, you start looking you're like that's not 300 yards I so swear. you do
0: that and then you bike ride and then you run which brings right. me to my <laughs> question and and um, this is a serious question i i don't want you to take it as a joke why why? Why triathlon? Um, you know, I, I asked Aaron. You know, why run? And for him, it was simple. He's he's running to save his life. You know, it's it's exercise. It's 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 changing his body. Um, you're you, you keep saying you're not an athletic person. I can see you on the camera. I know you're lying. You're you're a fit person. You've got an athletic build. Um, so what what prompts you to want to do uh, to spend six hundred bucks on swimming lessons? to do a triathlon what what is it that motivates you is it is it, a, is it a time thing is it a uh you you have to be the best because you, you you know you mentioned my time was was 10 minutes and it should have been nine minutes if it would take me 10 hours to do a half a mile swim and i would think Thank i w- I did really well so you know it's a yeah, real it's those
2: stickers on the back of a car mark that's what it's all about
0: yeah well you can buy those for like 87 cents uh what okay.
2: it, 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 oh that's it i'm quitting this yeah. podcast i'm done where i'm gonna go buy stickers <laughs> now
1: i know. no idea well one thing i want to clarify mark it was, it was 4.95 because she bought the six pack yeah okay all right but anyway so what's your answer to that jana why, why triathlons over anything else um, why not rock climbing why not scuba diving well, the, the fact that we I live in the broke. middle of land
3: so <laughs> <laughs> So scuba lessons and rock climbing were kind of, you know, not really within the budget. I mean, and I did the swimming lessons. I saved up for them, you know, and, right. and it was after the fact. But um, for me, originally, it was, I just needed something different. But after that first year, I really did have to dig down deep and be like, why am I doing this? I mean, what's, why bother with this crap? Yeah. And then uh, the, the just before my first triathlon season ended, Um, one of my cousins, uh, one of my uncles who I love dearly, he was one of my favorite uncles. He, um, was dying from MRSA. He had a surgery to save his leg because he's diabetic and he has lack of circulation and everything. He was over 70 years old and he had surgery and he developed MRSA uh, during the surgery and it was the most resistant strain. Right. And they went through every treatment possible and it was just toxic. The, 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 the medicines that are to treat that resistant strain of MRSA are toxic. Yeah. And it weren't working, and it was actually going forcing him into kidney failure. So they took him off the medicines just to let him die on his own. Right. And uh, it bothered me when I kept hearing about it because he was in Pittsburgh. And then my dad and I drove up there to go say our, our final respects because he was given 48 hours to live. And when I went up there, the, the way he appeared and the condition that he was in um still haunts me. Right. It makes me want to tear up right well, that's now. Fun. Actually.
1: Yeah. We, I've cried pretty, on the show before.
3: It was pretty it it was really bad. And that that last race of the season was, you know, it was finally it was a kick in the pants for me to really get moving. And then before the next triathlon season started, um a good friend of mine I used to work with, she's also the daughter of my dad's boss. That's kind of a confusing daughter take. Of my dad. She's, okay. she's only one year older than me so she was 31 <clears throat>
0: so and, that's like she makes makes like, so make sure your your niece in work
1: something like that okay. in work <laughs> work in law no I don't, yeah, anyway. it's
3: yeah it's kind of weird um but she's only a year older than me and she went to bed one night on a Friday night and she never woke up wow and that was just like oh my goodness you, can, yeah. you know she's 31 years old she can you know and she was in decent health she wasn't skinny but she wasn't completely obese she was just plump you know (laughs) and and so i mean and she just all of a sudden just never woke up and there was never a real reason um they did an autopsy but the family was very private so never really found out why but it still kind of shook me up a little bit and then next thing you know uh my boyfriend's good friend uh had a heart attack while he was alone at work wow and he died Mm. and i was sitting there i was like oh my god everybody's dying around me (laughs) right and all of a sudden, I had another family member die and then a cousin that I was very, very close to and very, very dear to. He was former Marine all this other stuff. Uh, 55 years old, heart attack and died while he was playing the piano. Wow. And so it was just one of the – it's a wake-up call yeah. for me. And I do it to prove to myself that I'm alive. I do it for my friends and my family that are no longer able to or either, you know, either they're in the grounds or, you know, or, or they're not able to for other physical reasons, you know, and, and I do it to try and better myself because I found that it's something that I can be proud of, right? you know, it, it's something that not everybody does and not everybody, everybody can do it, but not everybody, but everybody does, does it. do it. Exactly Nobody right. everybody wants to, I mean, yeah. you've got to really want to do it. So for me, it's a prove, prove to myself that I'm alive, prove to myself that I can be better and stuff. And yeah. for me, I'm, I don't expect to win. Triples. I've, uh, although just be, by doing the swimming lessons, I have improved my time so much where I, I was finishing in the bottom half of the pack. Now I'm finishing near the, in the top half, if not in the top 10 wow. of my age group. And like the last race I did, I was fourth. Wow. And I did. That's awesome. And I was fifth in my age group at the super sprint. So I was, you know, I'm I'm making improvement, and right. it's kind of nice to see that. It, it would be nice to get a trophy, but it's not <laughs> you really won't wise. turn it
1: down <laughs> if you get it. It's interesting because your story is is similar to mine, and I don't know how much you what you know of from what I've done on Facebook and stuff you've seen, but um, you know, I was about 400 pounds, and Nathaniel was turning at the time was turning uh, four. And I knew he was going to get ready to play t-ball and what have you, and and I just physically could not keep up with him. Couldn't, you know, I just couldn't bend over and chase the ball even. Um, and <clears throat> I'm employee physical from work came back bad. You know, high blood sugar and all that kind of stuff. And but the big thing that got me really thinking, my sister had passed away in December of '09 from lung cancer, and so for like seven months up to June, I just kept coming back to. You know, she did everything she could do to be healthy and had her health taken from her. And the only thing wrong with me is I'm just fat and lazy. Literally. That's the only thing wrong with me. I have no disease or any kind of problem. I'm not injured. I'm not disabled. I just eat too much and never do anything. Yeah. And so, you know, I felt like I was A, dishonoring her in some way and not being a good steward of the health that God had given me and setting a horrible example for my family, you know. And so I decided that's it, you know. I, I told my wife I came home, talk about your dead to me. I told my wife, um, I said, I said, honey, I've declared war on sugar. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I said, and it's an inert substance, so I'm sure I can outsmart it. Um, so anyway, that's kind of, it's it's interesting that, you know, similar, I similar kind of motivation there. So that's, that's one of the things that keeps me motivated is I don't want to go back to, you know, being unhealthy you know, yeah. and, and, you know, leaving my family alone and things like that. So, so I have one last question in the notes here. Um, what would you look for in your first triathlon? If, you're, if, if somebody's out there listening and there are people listening, not right this minute, there's a few listening right now, but there'll be people listening to this podcast who'll think, you know what, I think I can do this. That Jana lady's got me real motivated. So what do they need <laughs> to do? I mean, you just kind of randomly found one and it ended up not even being the one you did. Yeah. Is there any distance you'd recommend or any organization that, that does them across the nation or I don't know what would you say to somebody if, if somebody called you up randomly and said Jana I'm thinking about doing a triathlon what should I do
3: um well first thing just to, just as a side note most people think that you have to have an expensive bicycle to do a triathlon
1: I was gonna ask that question
3: yeah you, you any bicycle works you'll see people with beach cruisers and yeah, you don't see BMX bikes out there but I used to use my boyfriend's mountain bike with road slicks on it you All know right. and then I bought a road bike this year but when you're looking to do your first triathlon, all you really need is a swim cap, some goggles, a decent bathing suit that you can wear to the pool, um, to train in, and a pair of running shoes, bicycle, and a helmet. Right. That's really the most that you really need, um, which is nice. And when you're looking to do, when you're looking to try and look for or looking for a race to do, no. and uh. I highly recommend one doing narrowing your search to the sprint or super sprint distances.
1: Uh, they are plenty, plenty challenging probably. Yes, they are versa. plenty challenging on
3: their own. And after you've had like a couple of years, uh, you know, if, you know, they, they recommend five to eight races under your belt. Then you can, you know, look at doing the internet, the international or Olympic distances and stuff. But, um, I do recommend doing the sprint or super sprint distance. They do have, indoor swim races where you do the swim part in a pool and you're in your clock and somebody keeps track of your laps and with a timer and everything um but they're harder to find um and they're usually kind of obscure or they're like by by some rate by some production company that nobody's ever heard of or it's like the first one they've ever done and they really don't you can kind of tell by the ad they really don't know what they're doing yet (laughs) all right um i do it sounds kind of sad but I always recommend look a race, like if you're trying to decide between a series of races, make sure they have a website that's actually updated from time to time. Not
1: the first person that's actually said that on this show, um, talking about finding good races.
3: God, it's, you just feel stupid when you're ch- doing this race and there's like no proof that this race exists other than an ad on actor. <laughs> sure, online, Jana, you know? I'm
1: sure you ran a race this weekend. You know,
3: <laughs> you know? I mean, it, it's, it yeah. just shows that it's more put together. And yeah. that it's more than just a Facebook page. Yeah. Um, although the Facebook page is nice, but you know the, these races are so involved. You really need a, a well put together website. You can usually tell if the if the company is on their game or well, not. Well, it's, by it's doing three
1: it. times the organization over a road race. I mean, you got the yeah. biking. You got you got There's two routes. There's a lot of permits. And yeah, it's
3: it's expensive too. Yeah. I mean, it's a hundred dollars usually, roughly plus or minus twenty bucks for a race fee. You know, so right. And then you, on top of it, if it's $10 on top of the fee if you don't have a USAT card, which I have not had for, you know, you don't have to have it. So right. you just get a day pass. But I do recommend you, you know, just looking for a well put together race. Just, but you usually you go by your gut. Do some research on whenever you're looking for a race. I do use active.com to look for all my races, you know, to, to brainstorm for races. Um, the races that have smaller numbers of racers are really nice. Um, and that they're less crowded and less chaotic, uh-huh. uh, chaotic and stuff. Um, uh, you know, but the big ones are kind of nice because you got more excitement. There's more of a buzz going right. on. It's more it's probably uplifting. more established. Yeah. In, you know, a lot and times. you usually have like some sort of expo or some sort of post uh-huh. thing going on. Yeah. Um, do some research on the pub, on the production companies themselves that put on the races, right. uh, in Georgia, uh, noticed, uh, there's three ones that I, have found that I really like, uh, the, the Peachtree triathlon club puts on good races down in Peachtree city. Uh, the, I think it's Georgia Multisport productions or North Georgia multi-sport productions or something like that. They're pretty good. They do a lot of races in um, in the Northern Georgia area. Uh, and then, and they do all sorts of stuff from duathlons to swim, swim only events right. to, you know, to, to, to triathlons of different lengths and stuff. I, I've recently really fell in love with the Try the Park series, which I got from my swim coach recommended it. And I really that one race, and there's six of them. And if you compete in more than three, you get points oh. for your places. And then there's a banquet at the end for awards and stuff based on points gathered during the race. Well, that's cool
1: because my wife and I and my son, we're big Georgia State Park fans already. You know, we have yeah. state parking and pass and go all the time. and yeah, That's neat. i have to look that up.
3: Yeah, it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but do do your research on the production companies, make sure that they're, you know, that, that they got all they're their legit. ducks in a row. <laughs> yeah. Um, cause you're paying a pretty penny yeah. for the registration. You want to make sure you have a good experience. Cause I've done a race where it wasn't a good experience, yeah. you know, and, and it's, and it's definitely defeating.
1: Yeah. I, I had a friend, um, one of the people who encouraged me to run originally and she went, you know, paid 120 bucks, whatever, and drove to Florida and got a hotel room to run a marathon down there. Mm-hmm. And then the day, the morning of the race, they were asking for volunteers because from the crowd, you know, from spouses and stuff, because they didn't have enough people, they literally were having to pick cups up off the ground to drink out of because they didn't yeah. have enough cups, yeah, you know, and they didn't have any water until eight miles into the race. I mean, it was just hor- it was a nightmare. That was awful. And uh, so, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, an established production company that at least has a good website that looks like they're active yeah. and updating. I might even try this. Shoot, shoot an email to the like the the questions. Yes. email address to see if they respond or if they don't yeah. you don't ever hear back from them then you don't want to deal with them probably. and make Definitely
3: sure it's the-
0: not triathlonquestions at yahoo that you're sending it to.
3: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um most like with the Georgia Multisport productions, the guy that's in charge of it, Jim Rainey, I've met him multiple times and he's very approachable. He's and right. he always responds to emails right away. Him and his wife do. So that's cool. Um I also I recommend doing your first triathlon somewhere close. Mm-hmm. Um, I happen to do mine in Peachtree City, and we drove down the night before and got a hotel. Right. Uh, do if you're gonna have to travel for especially for your first one. If you're traveling more than an hour, do get a hotel the night before because
1: right. you don't have to get up at three in the morning. You have to be like at that. these
3: things to set up your tra- transition area at like you have to be in there by six thirty if it's an eight o'clock race because they close transition at seven fifteen, and you do want more than forty five minutes to set up and warm up and right. get settled and everything. So, so. If, you,
1: if you if you don't uh, if you're not if you don't speak the triathlon lingo which I don't really either. But, uh, the transitionary is, is, is exactly what you would think it was. You, you start the race, you go in the water, you come out of the water, yep. then you transition, quote unquote, to the bike, and then from the bike you transition to the your run. feet. And so do you, that's a good question, just out of curiosity, because I've never actually talked to somebody about it. I've seen it on TV. <laughs> do, you, do you wear, like I actually have a tri suit. I have a, you know, a full zip up the front, mm-hmm. um, down to my knees, sleeveless suit that I bought because uh, of the fact that I've been fat my whole life. Shorts tend to not want to stay up on me and the skinnier I got, the more my shorts fell off. So I bought yeah. an outfit of my shorts attached to the, the top one, so they it's one, yeah. Yeah. and just wear a shirt over it. So do you wear something like that and you get out of the water and you just put a top on and go, or do you, do people actually jump into a little tent and dry off, change clothes <laughs> and put on their running biking outfits?
3: That's actually a good question. A lot of people ask that. Um, what you wear in the water is mostly what you wear for the rest of the race. Like, um, Generally speaking, I usually wear a pair of bike shorts, sports bra, and if it's, um, if it's wetsuit legal, I'll wear the wetsuit over it. Right. Um, and then you you strip the wetsuit off. Right. Yeah. Um, I've seen people who you you don't you're not allowed to go into the restroom and change, you know. Um, so you don't want to go down. You don't want to be in your skivvies underneath the wetsuit or anything (laughs) like that. Oops. Yeah, but I. It's a whole
1: different event. I think.
3: I don't like. I tried doing the whole put the shirt on, but when you're wet. It's a pain in the butt. It right. sticks to you. It's really hard to get on. um I now have a little elastic race belt that I pin my number to, and then I just clip that on. And then you, you know, the transition area is basically all the all the r- bikes are on racks, and you your designate. You usually have a designated spot. You you put your bike there, and next to the back tire, you put a little bitty towel, and you put your running shoes on it, and your biking shoes, and your socks if you use them. I do recommend using socks. Yeah. Um. Unless you just like being, having blisters all over your feet. Um, and then you, things like your helmet, you have to wear a helmet. So you have your helmet and your race belt and everything else that you need. It's basically your bare essentials to get you to survive through the race. Right. You, you don't need food there. You don't need, uh, I usually have like a small little tiny water bottle there, uh, that has some sport drink in it of some sort just to kind of get me a quick gulp mm-hmm. as I'm, while, I'm, you know, while I'm sitting down before I get on the bike or after now, I get on work- the bike. So.
1: Philippians, shoes. I mean, now you know, I do.
3: I names. used to not. I used to just wear my running shoes, and I had toe clips that you know the old-fashioned right. things that you uh-huh. just slid your feet in, exactly. and, and that's what I used. And honestly, it was enough. It was fine. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't. And then when you got a real a, a
1: real bike, then you got.
3: Now I got clips. the clipless pedals, yeah. and which,
1: which I always think is funny. They call them clipless when they because you're they clipping clip. in. I know. I don't,
3: I don't know understand it myself either, <laughs> but I have noticed that my bike times have improved. Because yeah, you, you really
1: pull and yeah, push, right? Yeah.
3: yeah. And you, the energy transfer is uh, much, better. much better. You don't expression. have
1: the wiggle. Yeah.
3: Yeah, exactly. You don't have the flexing of the foot. So, but the tra- that transition area is basically the hub.
1: But that requires another pair of shoes, then, right? Yeah. Because you have your biking shoes that have the clips on the bottom.
3: Yeah. So you don't okay. run in those.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be, be kind of funny, especially downhill.
3: So, basically, you slip out of your you know, you slip your feet into the shoes and you get on the bike. And then when you come off the bike, you slip your feet out of the shoes and then you slip them into the running shoes and then you go off and run
1: is it you know, is it typically one transition area one transition so I like you come back to the same place put yeah, your bike on the exactly. same rack. okay
3: and and you know there, there's all sorts of rules about you know what can be done and what can't be done in the transition area like you can't ride your bike into the transition area right uh, that'll get you disqualified stuff yeah. like that there's a mounting line it gets kind of complicated i'm sure they'll procedure. tell if
1: anybody's interested to, to go do one they'll tell you all how to do it. They'll explain the rules for you. You can just
3: click on YouTube. You can say transition, triathlon transition tips. And you'll see videos from like professional triathletes who, um, who just sit there and walk you through a transition on how to set it up on how to do it and everything. It's great. YouTube is a great resource on that. Awesome. Stuff. So,
1: well, um, I really appreciate you being here, especially sitting through all the, uh, the
3: technical (laughs) difficulties at the
1: beginning. It always makes it exciting. You know, I, uh, it, it is funny too, because, when we when it's just the 3 of us which you know probably about a third of the shows we it's just the 3 of us talking or if it's somebody that I've known for years and we've had on the show 3 times everything goes perfectly <laughs> it's when we have the first person in or the, you know the, <laughs> the guests from across the country that I don't even know that we just that I met you know I contacted and said would you please come on the show and yeah I'll come on the show and then that's when we have technical problems things like every time so yeah. I appreciate your patience
3: not a problem um
1: Don Martin, do you have any questions? You've been awfully quiet. I know y'all are just going. To hit, you're looking for at triathlons right now on Active.com, so I understand. But any questions for Janet? Actually, um,
2: uh, that was probably sarcastic, but honestly, really, I am right now. So in your <laughs> face, here. I mean, yeah, I really am.
1: That's awesome. That's um, exciting. Yeah, I
2: actually. Yeah, I mean, you ask, I'll I'll ask a question. Um, I'm very curious slash uh, hesitant about the whole because I have swam in the past. Swam, swam. Um, I've done distance swimming in the past in college and you kind of don't realize in the water, at least for a bigger person, that's not necessarily super fit that you're expending a lot of energy and I've swam a mile and then just gotten out of the pool and just been shaken and one almost puked a couple times and that sort of good stuff. Do you see people like pound out the swim and then just be done or is it? is it something that you really have to spend a lot of time and attention on? Because like, that's the one thing that's not as easy for me to train on. I can bike on my own and I can run on my own, but for me to swim in a big area, there's not a lake around here that doesn't have alligators. I'm really depending on those other people (laughs) around me to be the bait so that I do not get eaten (laughs) if I were to go in a triathlon around here. So uh, I'd have to pay at the Y to swim in the pool and I'm a cheap. I'm super cheap. So, uh, uh yeah, I really wanted to know how much you actually recommend training on the swimming part and the transition part.
3: Uh for the swim, don't wait till the month before to start training <laughs> for it. That's for sure I made that mistake. Um as soon as you can get in, all you got to do is just basically even if it just means swim a lap and wait 30 seconds and swim a lap and wait 30 seconds and swim a lap and wait 30 seconds and just take your time going back and forth. That's all, you know, and then, you know, and then maybe trying going two laps and waiting 30 seconds right. and then swimming two laps, you know, and doing that for maybe 15 minutes at a time or 20 minutes at a time is really not nice. Um, But as far as opening water swimming training, actually on its own is very difficult because, I mean, even for me, I live near Roswell, you know, I'm riding right between Marietta and Roswell. There's not really a lake really convenient. I right. mean, the closest place is really Dallas landing up at Lake Alcorn. Well, And most
1: of the ones that have swimming in lakes, except for events like this, they have a roped off area because of boating.
3: Yeah, exactly. So
1: you can swim this 50 yards out and that's it. You got yeah. And you just end code. up doing a
3: loop or an oval in the swimming area or whatever. Um, you see a lot of people think, you know, trying to be play hero and be like, they go out too fast on the swim. When they're at the race, they're surrounded by people and they're like, I got to pass everybody. I pass everybody. Yeah. And so they they're swimming. And then all of a sudden, next thing, you know, in the transition area, they're over on the side puking, right. you know, or they're on the bike. And then all of a sudden you see them on the side. You know, I, I've passed so many people on the bike that blew by me on the swim. And, uh, and I've seen, you know, especially if it's an out and back type bike, I'll see them parked on the side of the road. Just saying, I'm, I'm done. Right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm
3: done. You know, there's a lot, there there's more dnf's than you would think but there's not as many as you would probably think.
1: That's do not finish. Yeah, do not finish people. Did not finish.
3: And um it, and but I've also seen people who have been who are out in the lake during the race and they get to that first buoy which is usually about 100 150 yards out and they hang on to the buoy and start waving their arm for help I'm saying done, huh? I'm done, I'm wow. out and stuff because they get overwhelmed with mm-hmm. the sheer distance and the and can't see and yeah. And kick, That's what I just
1: on my back and start doing the backstroke.
3: That's what I do whenever, uh, as soon as I start feeling like I can't breathe anymore, I just roll over. I just do the backstroke, and I just make sure I keep, you know, I have my head, head tilted so I can see the buoys, and right. I just keep on going.
1: So. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate it, Jana. No Thanks problem. for coming. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm actually assuming my heel uh, agrees. I'm, I'm registered for the uh, the Georgia Marathon in March. Um, so after I get that done get that behind me then uh <laughs> you know that'll be the beginning of tri-season that's what i'm hoping to do do that in march mm-hmm. and then maybe by may uh, i'll be ready to do my first uh and that's when the super sprint yeah. is right that, that might that'd be an awesome goal that'd be fantastic yeah
3: that would, it, you should do it with that'd me. Be, fun. be fun i was trying yeah. to yeah. convince another friend to do it with me too that'd be awesome that'd so it'd be it would be nice because i've never done a race where i knew somebody else at.
1: that's the that's, i've only done <laughs> one where i didn't i've always had to Somebody else that I do there, either my wife or my friend Joshua or Don, and uh, it's a lot of fun doing it. Even if yeah. you don't run, run with them the whole time, yeah. having somebody there before the race to get pumped up with, and have somebody there at the end of the race, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun. So that'd be cool. Yeah,
3: because my boyfriend goes with me to all my races, but I feel bad because he's just sitting there yeah. in the train, you know, at the finish line yeah. just by himself. Well, for like you, two hours. you'll see
1: me going out, and then you'll <laughs> see me as you coming back on the bike, and I'm going out, and then you'll Your be butt. at the finish line when I get there. But uh, I, I wouldn't want you to have to wait for me because I'm sure I, I would not be as fast as you but yeah. um, again thank you very much appreciate you being here no problem Mark we had um, an anonymous listener send us a recipe I say anonymous only because you didn't tell me who it was um, and I just want to share this because it looks it looks fantastic it's from fastpaleo.com I know nothing about the website I cannot encourage uh, de- uh, deny or condone it in any way but the cookies look really good almond butter almond butter Almond butter, dark chocolate, chip cookies. I suddenly became Swedish. Almond butter, dark chocolate chip cookies. And I'm uh, are gluten free since they're paleo. And they, they look awesome. They've got almond butter, honey, eggs, vanilla, salt, baking soda, baking powder, two thirds cup shredded unsweetened coconut, and a half a cup of dark chocolate chips. Now, Mark, do I, do I know the person that sent this in? Was it sent anonymous on purpose? Did they say, I don't want people to know that I'm giving this recipe? Uh, Aaron, I, I could tell you, but I'd have to kill you. Okay, that's fine. I'd prefer not to die right now. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, we normally have our cavemomchronicles.com, Elizabeth Connect, share us a cooking tip, but we don't have this one this week. Um, because last week we had problems with, with recording, and so we ended up not recording our cooking tips because of that. So, um, But we we had a listener send us in. <clears throat> This recipe. So there you go. Try it if you like. If you got a little bit of a sweet tooth, uh, but you like to eat paleo or like to eat gluten free, there is a recipe for you. Uh, Don, Mark, Jana, anybody have anything else they want to share before we wrap this thing up? I'll take the silence as a no. Uh, if you want to contact me or Jana or Mark or Don, you can email me at double a r o n. That's Aaron at one meal one and I'll be happy to pass it on. Um, and or you can go to Runkeeper. <laughs> all kinds of interesting people there um but anyway i just want to encourage you get out there and you might be surprised by what you can do you never know you might be the person that never thought they could do a triathlon but it might be the thing that inspires you to get healthy for the first time in your life so try it you know i put i put that first 5k on my calendar and that was something i had that i counted down to for six months getting ready for it and it really motivated me to exercise so um, just before you get out there and start doing anything, as we always say, before you start any kind of diet or exercise program or doing anything crazy, it's recommended that you talk to your healthcare provider.